This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Uh, what we're doing today, last week we started a series called Covenant People. Because as Christians, there's a lot of words that we hear, and oftentimes we don't actually know fully what they mean, right? And and covenant, I have found out, is one of those words, because that's not really a word that we use very much in modern-day English. And so oftentimes what we do is we try to uh, find synonyms or comparative words to use, and, uh, and, and, and that's a good thing, but oftentimes they fall short. And the word covenant is one of those things because the whole Bible is based upon covenants. And in fact, there's seven different covenants, you know, main covenants laid out in the Bible. Four of those covenants are specifically to the people of Israel and then others are to all mankind. And and last week we looked at the covenant of Abraham. And Abraham, all the way back in the book of Genesis, God made some great big promises to Abraham. And he said, hey, listen, I'm going to give you this plot of land over here called Canaan. And that land in 2021 is known as the land of Israel. And God said, Abraham, this land belongs to you and your descendants forever until the end of the world. And so that's one reason of many that we believe that the, the actual physical geographical land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people. And so you see a lot of things in the news today. We just had nearly a great big explosion. Well, we did have one a couple weeks ago over there. And different people were like, well, yeah, but but the Israel people, they're being mean. And I'm like, hey, no. God said, he told Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and your family. And I will straight up curse those who mess with you and your family. And I'm like, well, if I've got a choice between being blessed by God or cursed by God, I pick being blessed by God. So I stand with the people of Israel. And that was part of Abraham's covenant, which is in effect until this very day. And in fact, in Galatians 3, it tells us that as born-again Christians in the New Testament, that we are now the descendants of Abraham, and the blessing of Abraham belongs to the born-again Christian. And if you look at that blessing, it's a lot of things. God promised to take care of them financially. God promised to, to give them descendants and bless their family. There was all sorts of blessings in there. And because of what Jesus did, the blessing of Abraham belongs to you and to me as part of that great covenant that God made. But we are under what's called the new covenant. And that's why, you know, we got the New Testament of the Bible. Jesus made a new covenant that is what we live under. Now, the Old Testament, the the majority of the Old Testament is under the Mosaic Covenant, the Covenant of Moses. Now, of course, Genesis, that's that predates Moses. So the blessing of Abraham and all that, that was before the Mosaic Covenant. And and, and I'll, I'll throw this out there before uh, I go a whole lot further. Today is more of a teaching message, okay? A lot of times you guys know that I preach and, you know, get rowdy and have a great time. Today, I will try to keep it along the teaching lines and not, I don't want to go too deep that, uh, you know, it does, it confuses you and then I don't want to go too shallow where you're like, I didn't get anything. So, we're going to aim to hit everybody with some word today, okay? So, I'm teaching today, so pay attention and take notes. I've got a lot of Bible verses. So, a whole lot of the Old Testament is under what we would call the covenant of Moses, and I'm going to explain some of that to you today and see how that's different than the covenant that we live under in the New Testament. And, in fact, before I go any further, you've got to see this Bible verse. Can you turn to Hebrews 8, verse 6? Hebrews 8, verse 6. Amen? And so the book of Hebrews uh, was written to uh, Hebrew Jewish Christians. And it, it ex- explains a whole lot of what we're talking about. But Hebrews chapter 8. And we're going to look at verse 6, and once you get the concept of what a covenant is and what it means, it will excite you because you'll realize, like, wait a minute, the devil's been trying to mess with me on some stuff here, but according to my covenant right here, he's not allowed to do that. And when you know what is in your covenant, 
You will stand up for yourself in a whole new way because of Jesus. You will not put up with different curses and things coming against your life because you don't have to anymore. I know a lot of guys are maybe part of a union. My dad was a Teamsters truck driver for like 24 years before he got into ministry. And I, a lot of you guys are in unions and stuff. And hey, that, that's fine. That's cool. Whatever. But I know this much. Most union guys they know the terms of their contract. And it right, Nick? And and if someone comes in and says, Hey, you gotta go do that, somebody that knows the terms of their contract, they'll be like, uh, actually no, I don't. And you know, you can you know, you can take that and 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 run with that however you want. But I'll say this much a covenant, as we learned last week, is a lot more than a contract because a contract is a piece of paper. And that's fine, and, 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 and the covenant is like a contract, but it's so much more because it goes from just uh, 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 rules and promises on a piece of paper to actually being a relationship with God Almighty. I've got promises, but my covenant is not about the goods and the wealth. My covenant is about the relationship with God Almighty, and that's a lot deeper than a piece of paper telling me some stuff. So, have you found Hebrews chapter 8 verse yet? Alright, Hebrews 8, and we're going to look here at verse 6, and this is a powerful, powerful verse. It says, but now Jesus Our high priest, okay, so the Old Testament, they had the high priest, the guy that was in charge of all of it, and now Jesus is the high priest. He's the guy that's in charge of all of it. Our high priest has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a better covenant with God based on better promises. Can somebody say better covenant? Somebody say better promises. Yes. And so as I look at the old covenant, that's what I'm going to show you today. The old Mosaic covenant. There's a lot of good stuff in there and there's some scary stuff in there. But I know this much as a New Testament Christian who has Jesus as my high priest. I've got a better covenant than Moses had and I've got better promises than Moses and the people under the old covenant had. And once you see some of this, that should excite you because who likes better things? I like better. I mean, good is good's a nice thing. But if I've got the choice between good and better, I'll go with better. And in fact, I'll say that we've got the best covenant that's ever been known on earth. And then someday it results really in the best when we get to go to heaven with Jesus. And let me tell you, I'm looking forward to that day. I want to go to heaven and I am going there someday. Amen. So What we're going to do is I'm going to pray, and then we're going to study a little bit of the Old Covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, and and then I will attempt to show you why yours is better, and then next week we will look at the New Covenant, and then you'll get really excited. It'll be all you can do to just not go Pentecostal and run around this church. You'll be you'll be dancing, all right? It's going to be good stuff. Eileen ready. Wear your Nikes next week. Wear your Nikes, okay? All right, so let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much that we've got a church to come in and worship you and learn the word of God. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us today. Show us what we need to see. Lord, we want to get we want to get smarter in our knowledge of your word. We want to know more about you. And as we study this covenant topic we will know more about you we'll know more about your nature and we'll see how much you really do love us we thank you for all this in jesus name can somebody say amen so number one we're going to look at the mosaic covenant the covenant of moses now this is the covenant that established the old testament law that we've heard so much about has anybody heard of the law in the Bible, I'm not talking about law and order, you know, I'm talking about the law in the Bible. And it's important to understand that the Mosaic Covenant is really different than Abraham's Abrahamic Covenant and other covenants mentioned in the Bible. Because in a lot of the covenants, Abraham's Covenant, um, listen, if he didn't obey the terms of it, then he just didn't get the blessing. But under the Mosaic Covenant, if you didn't obey the law... Not only did you not get the blessings of it, you had curses sent against you. You straight up received curses for your disobedience. That wasn't the way under 
the Abrahamic covenant, and that's not the way under the New Testament covenant. Now, there can be curses upon your life, but it's not because God sent the curse against you. A lot of times it's because, hey, I brought the curse on myself. Hey, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Am I right this morning? Listen, a lot of times we bring the we bring bad things into our life, but it's not because God sent it. Now, under the Mosaic Covenant, I'll show you that there was blessings galore if you kept God's word and his law. But if you disobeyed, curses were sent against you. And they were very bad curses. It was some pretty gnarly stuff that you don't want to happen to you. That was a difference between Moses' covenant and Abraham's covenant, and then our even better covenant in the New Testament. So, let's look at Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19, amen? And we're going to see the original offer of this Mosaic covenant. Exodus chapter 19. Who's excited to learn today? All right. I'm excited to learn. I've I've even learned a lot just uh, studying all this over the last little while. But Exodus chapter 19... And we're going to look here at verse 5. And and this is here on Mount Sinai when Moses went up the mountain. And this is right before he receives the Ten Commandments. So Exodus chapter 19. And we're going to look here at, at verse 5. So Moses is having this conversation with God. And God offers to go into covenant with him and the people of Israel. And that's a pretty good offer. That's a good offer. So look at this. Exodus chapter 19. And verse 5, the Lord says, Now if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. And so God, you know, you can read the whole story here, but God offers them, I'm going to give you a chance to go into covenant with me. And if you'll accept this offer, you guys will be my special treasure. You'll be my special people. Uh, I, I own the whole earth. I'm, a, you know, I, I, I own everything. I'm giving you this chance. They could say yes, or they could say no. So look at verse 8. They decide to accept God's offer. And all the people responded together. We will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. And so they decide, yeah, this sounds like a good deal. And, and as we'll see, there's a lot of terms to this deal. Because in chapter 20, Moses gets what is very famous, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, and I think the Ten Commandments are great, right? But a lot of people will look at those, and and they think that the Ten Commandments, that right there is the Old Testament law, the Ten Commandments. And believe it or not, there were not only Ten Commandments, there were 613 commandments. And that's a lot. That's a lot to keep. Now, we know the Ten Commandments, you know, and, and, and I, I think it's great to post them in courthouses. You see fights from atheists everywhere. Take those out of the courthouses. You can't have monuments. And that's stupid, all right? Because I don't think it hurts anybody to know, thou shalt not kill. Who thinks that's a pretty good rule to live by? And that's a great one. I like it when people don't kill me. Uh, how about, uh, thou shalt not steal? I don't like when people steal from me. I think more people should know these ten truths. But in all actuality, the Ten Commandments were not the only part of the law and the only commands that they had to live. If you were to add it up by reading these books here, there's over, well, there's 613 exactly commandments that God gave to the people that they had to keep and had to live by. Now, it's one thing to, you know, in your house, you know, Katie and I have some, some house rules that the children have to live by. It's one thing to say, guys, we've got these five rules that this is, we, we live by this code of conduct. Or maybe even we've got these ten rules, follow these. But what if you're like, guys, here's 613 rules. I need you to remember these and never, ever, ever break them or else you're going to be cursed. That's a little bit of a weight on my shoulders. I'm like, hey, I, I can memorize some things, but 613? And if I break even one, then I bring the curse upon my life? That doesn't sound like a very fun thing to live under. Now, the law, the old covenant, the, the Mosaic law, it was a, the perfect standard 
for moral living, but it was impossible to keep for any human being. There's nobody in the world other than Jesus. Nobody could keep all 613 of those commands and never break not a single one. Because have you found out yet that none of us are perfect? I'm not perfect. And here's the even the more scary part. It's this. You can put this on the screen here. Write this verse down. James 2.10. James 2 and verse 10 tells us, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. Wow. What does that mean? That means I could have lived a perfect life for 50 years. And then when I'm 50 years old, I mess up and forget and I break one of the commandments. Well, at that point, I'm guilty of breaking all 613. Imagine that. What a weight to live by. Now, you understand that God was very good in this covenant. He offered blessings. He offered rewards. He offered so many great things. And the set of rules and commands, it was a safeguard. It was a safety net around them. Because, listen, for 40 years, they were wandering through the desert via their own fault. God, God, That wasn't God's original plan. But because of some disobedience and some fear and doubt, they were sent to wander for 40 years. But God is so good that every single day he sent a cloud over their heads to block the sun from scorching them. And you live in the desert here, right? Listen, wouldn't it be awesome if in August there was just a cloud hovering right over, blocking the sun, but not giving that pesky humidity? Yes, let's give let's give some praise. All right. So wouldn't it be great? If every day, man, when it's that nasty heat, God sends this cool shade right over your head to block the sun from getting to you. God was good to them, even in their disobedience. Uh, every night, God sent, uh, it says, a pillar of fire. God sent fire every night to keep them warm. And we know that it can get really cold in the desert at nighttime. We know this stuff. We live here. And so God would send fire every night. Every morning, God would send manna, fresh food, and and quail. Who likes quail? I've never had it, but I've heard people that do like it. So anyway, uh, but it sounds it sounds delicious because I like birds of all kinds. They're very tasty, all right? And so just imagine this, fresh meat every day. Fresh manna, fresh food. God provided water everywhere they were. God is so good and loving that even in the midst of their disobedience and their punishment, God still provided all of their needs. And God gave them these laws to protect them. And they're really good laws. If you look at them, I mean, there's a lot of things about food in there, about foods you shouldn't eat. And, you know, I have a hard time living by that because I like bacon. You couldn't eat pork. You got, I like bacon and I like ribs. I also enjoy shrimp. You couldn't eat shellfish. There's a lot of things that are part of the old covenant law that, that God put there that was to protect them, yet it was difficult to keep. And God, through all of it, you can see the love of God. But imagine, you've kept all these commands You've lived for God. You've been nearly perfect your entire life. And then you break just one or you don't celebrate one festival like you're supposed to. And you're just as guilty as a murderer. That's something to think about. That's that's a that sounds like a little bit of a burden to live with. So. Uh, uh, how should I say uh, 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 a, a question that I'll ask, um, it's a controversial question, uh, are we as New Testament Christians supposed to live by the law of Moses? And the answer is no. We are not supposed to live by the law of Moses. The moral framework is still in place. The morals that God laid out there, you should not kill You should not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house or his wife. Thou shalt not take the Lord God's name in vain. Don't go around saying stupid things like, oh, my God. Do you realize that a Christian shouldn't go around saying that? That's wrong. 
You're just throwing God's name out there like it's just some regular old word. And the Hebrew people had such a respect and reverence for God that they'd write his name down, then they'd go change clothes and change pens before they could write his name again. Because they didn't want to take even a slight chance on disrespecting the name of God. And so a Christian should never, ever, ever say the name of Jesus in a wrong way. And they should never, I don't like it when Christians say, oh my God. I hate that because God, you're not saying it in like, my God, I stand in awe of you. You're just saying it as a filler word. That's wrong. That's not right. That's disrespecting the name of God. And it is one of the Ten Commandments. So, are we living by the law of Moses? Thank God, no. Because there was a lot involved in that that I couldn't keep. There's no way that I could perfectly keep all of those commands. But the moral structure that it laid out is perfect. And yes, I do live by the moral structure of all of that. The Mosaic Covenant was in place to protect the people of Israel and to give them the chance to prove their loyalty and their obedience to God. But here's what Jesus said in the New Testament. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Are you with me still today? All right. I know we're, we're going a little bit deeper level of teaching than, than maybe we do sometimes, but... We need to know this stuff. You need to know what's going on in the Bible here. And so we're studying a little bit. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17. Matthew 5 and verse 17. And I'll read this in the New King James. Matthew 5 and verse 17. And so this is the, these are words of Jesus. These are words in red. Jesus said, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. So Jesus didn't destroy the law and erase it and pretend like it never happened. Like, let's just pretend that's not even in there because some people do that. Just ignore that. Pretend like it's not even in there. That never even existed. Well, you know, people like to erase history these days. And so people would look at this and say, let's just forget that ever even happened. There was some bad stuff that happened under there. But at the same time, Jesus didn't come to erase it and abolish it and pretend it never happened. He came to full Fill the law of Moses. And that's a beautiful thing to look at because of what Jesus did. I no longer have to shed blood to pay for my own sins. That's good news. Because if we did live under the law of Moses, every time I sin, an animal's got to die. Some, there's got to be bloodshed to pay for my sins. If I need to get a hold of God, I've got to run to the priest and say, hey, can you deliver a message to God for me? Can you get a hold of God? I couldn't go directly to the Father myself. I wasn't worthy. But because of what Jesus did, he didn't erase the law. He fulfilled it. And because of Jesus' blood, I have been washed clean. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Anytime I sin, I can go straight to God the Father through myself. And 1 John 1, 9 says, If I will confess my sins, He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's really good news. That's fabulous news. And if I need to get a hold of God in prayer, I don't have to run down to the church and, and get a hold of the preacher I can come to the Father in the name of Jesus the Son. He's the mediator. I can go straight to God myself. And in fact, I can even go into the presence of God myself. That's incredible. And under the new covenant, the Holy Spirit doesn't just surround me and, 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 and live inside of the church building. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. Everywhere I go, the Holy Spirit goes. You have got blessings and promises and a covenant that you haven't even scratched the surface of. And the, the reason I want you to know about covenants is if you would learn about it, your life would explode and be awesome because you would start walking in and receiving and, 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 and taking advantage of what 
belongs to you. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. He doesn't live in a building made out of bricks that you can go visit. He's with you everywhere you go. I don't want to go back to the old way. I like the new way. I like being able to go directly to the Father through the Son in the name of Jesus. And so Jesus didn't erase the old covenant and say, oh, that never happened. Let's just forget about that. Some bad things happened. Forget about it. No. He said, I came to fulfill everything that that was trying to get at. Because he is the perfect lamb. Every year, there was a, a, a perfect little baby lamb that was offered as the sacrifice for Passover. And Jesus, as we know, is called the Lamb of God. He was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God. And he died on Passover, nonetheless, and paid the price And his blood was so pure and so innocent and so powerful, it it paid the price once and for all time. No more having to shed blood. Jesus' blood did the job, and it never has to be done again. That's the power of Jesus. And I'm grateful that I live under that. And so, I don't want to go back to the old way. I, I see Christians even to this day putting pressure and bondage on people about obeying different parts of the Old Testament law. People ask things like, well, why don't we celebrate all the Jewish festivals? Or why don't you nail somebody for doing that right there? If you want to go down that road, if you really want to go there and live by the old covenant law, then, hey, go for it. But keep in mind, there's more than just celebrating the festivals and, and obeying the commandments that you think are cool. You better be, obey all 613. Because if you're going to live by the old covenant and try to make me live under it, you better be ready for that. Because you're going to have to live by all 613. Because if you break even one of them one time, you're guilty of all of them. That is, I don't get it. Why, why, would, why would you want to go and live back under that? Yeah, and, you know, uh, um, you know, if you're going to be a stickler for it, one of, one of the old, old laws under the Old Covenant, you don't have to turn there, Leviticus 19.19 says, Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. I see some of you are wearing shirts that are a polyester cotton blend. I see it, right? <laughs> Listen, you're just as guilty as a murderer under the old covenant because your t-shirt or your shirt is not from one material. And it's against the old Mosaic law. Your shirt can only be of one material. Some of you are wearing cotton, polyester, and some somebody was wearing Spanx earlier. I didn't know who. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> So anyway, but if you're gonna, if you're gonna live by it, go ahead. But you better obey every single one, cause the minute that you break one, you've broken all the 612 of the other ones. You've gotta drive down, my, I love how Kenneth Hagin said this, on any topic, stick in the middle of the road. There's a ditch on one side, that's extreme, then there's a ditch on the other side, that's extreme. And so when it comes to this topic, there's some people that say, ah, oh, Old Testament, it's irrelevant. I don't have to listen to any of it. None of that applies to me today. All of that's just gone. That's that's a lie from hell. There's a lot of that. That There's a lot of the Old Testament, especially blessings and everything that do apply to me. Amen. And I'm going to I want that. There's a lot of instruction. There's a, it's the word of God. That's blasphemous to say that none of the Old Testament applies to me. It's all irrelevant and, and I'm just under the New Testament. That's a lie to say that none of that has any meaning and application to you. That's wrong. And then there's other people that are constantly like, why do you guys do that? How come you don't celebrate this day? How come you do this? And, and, and people that are trying to get you to live under the Old Covenant. I know somebody that's always trying to preach Old Covenant to people. And, and, and part of the problem is they're... I'm not knocking this, okay, so before you throw rocks at me, they're covered in tattoos. And according to, uh, what is it, Leviticus 19.28, it says, you shall not tattoo yourselves, I am the Lord. Am I against tattoos? No, I don't care about tattoos. Get them if you want to. doesn't matter to me. I don't care because that's the old covenant law. But if you're going to preach to me that I have to not eat bacon, not eat shrimp, wear the right t-shirts and everything else, then you're going to have to go get rid of those. Because if you want to preach the Old Covenant law, you have to obey all 613 of them. And so what I'm doing by using that illustration is pointing out the 
hypocrisy and irrelevance of it. All right. So you get I'm not knocking you get tattoos if you want tattoos. I don't want them, so I'm not going to get them. Don't judge me. I won't judge you. We're all friends, right? Okay. <laughs> all right. I don't care. I don't care what people do. That's totally fine. Do it. That's awesome. All right. But you want to drive down the middle of the road. Okay. And not say, well, none of that applies. And then say you have to live by this law because both of those are wrong. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 22. Matthew 22. Are you still with me? Matthew 22 and verse 37. Matthew 22 verses 37 through 40. We're getting somewhere today. I'm trying to show you the Mosaic Law and why we are blessed. Matthew 22 and verse 37. Some more words in red. Some more that Jesus had to say. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so they were asking Jesus, what's the most important law? What's the most important command? He's like, hey, you know what? Let's just narrow it down to two. There are two commands for the New Testament Christian. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. And then number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40 says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Everything... Every law, every command from back then hinges on these two things. Love God and love people. Because if I love God, I'm not going to take his name in vain, am I? If I love God, I'm going to go to church and go to his house, right? I'm not going to hurt him by never showing up to his house. Uh, If I love people, I'm not going to steal from them. I'm not going to kill them if I love them. I'm not going to covet their possessions. And also, there's a healthy dose mixed in all this of loving yourself properly. It says to love your neighbor as yourself. And some people treat other people really bad. And it, they also don't treat themselves that good. And so if I love God, I'm going to treat him good. If I love people, I'm going to treat them good. And if I, in a healthy measure, not a prideful, conceited measure, but if I have the right level of love for myself, I'm not going to put drugs into my body. I'm not going to drink myself and, you know, ruin my liver. I'm not going to go out and do bad things and harm myself because that's not loving myself. And I can't love my neighbor if I'm constantly destroying my own self. I'll destroy other people too. And I probably won't respect God very much. And so that's something to think about. Look at this verse. You throw it on the screen. Write it down. Romans 8, verse 10. Romans 8, verse 10. So we're trying to see that the Old Covenant, the Old Testament has been fulfilled. Romans 8, verse 10. Paul said, love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Love fulfills all the requirements of God's law. Now, I want you to turn to this verse, Hebrews 8, 13. And I'm getting ready to get in to the second part of this message, and that's the blessings that come in the covenant. And so Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 13. Hebrews 8 verse 13. And we opened up with Hebrews 8, 6. Looking at it, it says we have a better covenant with better promises. So Hebrews 8 and verse 13. Are we learning anything today? I mean, I want to excite you. I want to, I want to get you pumped up, but some days we got to teach you some stuff. And today is one of those days. Hebrews 8, and we're going to look here at verse 13. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means He has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. Again, is that saying that He abolished it and that He's erased it and let's just pretend it never happened? No. But it is saying that he's made a new covenant. The first one, or the the original one, the old covenant has become obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. And as we'll see next week, Jesus brought in the brand new covenant. And so now I want to get to point number two, and it's simply called the blessings. The blessings. Now, some people would, I guess, accuse me and accuse us of focusing on the good and Guilty. I focus on the good. I'm aware that there's bad in this world. I stand against it. I preach against it. But I don't like to focus on the bad in life. I really 
like and focusing on the good. I found out that I like it a lot better when I'm in a better mood. Does anybody like being in a good mood? Some of you? Okay. I like, I like good moods. And, and I'm fully aware of the curses and, and all the bad things going on in the world, but I'm even more aware of the blessing that belongs to me. And I don't like being around somebody that can tell me, do you see this happened, that happened, that happened, this happened, they're fighting over here, this is going on. They can tell me the bad news all day. Okay, what'd you read in your Bible this morning, brother? Fire me up, man. I don't know, man. I, I just, you know, I'm just, I like all of it. You said that because you didn't read the Bible this morning and you got nothing to say to that. Listen, if you're going to tell me the bad news, you better back it up with some good news from God's word. Amen. You better be able to say, well, this happened over here. But God said, listen, this right here. So don't come spewing and showering and puking your bad news all over me. You better have some good news to back it up with because I live under a good covenant, the new covenant, the New Testament, the gospel of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. And so. Yes, I know that there's bad things going on, but I'm also aware that there's some really good things going on right now. And I will focus on the good things. I don't ignore the bad things, but I focus on the good things and on the promises of God. So, number two, the blessings. As we talked about at the beginning, the Mosaic Covenant is a lot different than Abraham's Covenant and the fact that there was punishment for disobeying. So again, if Abraham disobeyed and didn't keep his covenant... God just said, all right, fine, you don't get the blessings. If the Mosaic Covenant, you didn't obey, not only did you not get the blessings, you got punished for it. You got cursed for not obeying. And again, those curses were not pretty things. Um, In fact, Deuteronomy 28 lists the curse. There's 98 curses total uh, listed that are in that, and they're bad. Some of those include boils, tumors, scurvy. Not quite sure what that is, but it sounds awful. Uh, then there's uh, Deuteronomy 28, 27 says you will get the itch from which you cannot be cured. How would you like to have an incurable itch for the rest of your life? Wouldn't that be awful? Everyone thinks like, you know, you go to a baseball game, they think you're giving signals like you got people. I mean, it'd be awful. They think you got dandruff that, you know, wash your hair that nobody knows what's going on. But the problem is you disobeyed God. So you've got the you've got the itch that cannot be cured. That's also another one of the curses is it says in, in Deuteronomy 28, 31, that somebody will steal your donkey and it will never be returned. I'm telling you what, I don't want anybody stealing my donkey. Makes me mad. <laughs> I don't have a donkey, but if I did, don't touch my donkey. It's mine. Uh, another one says that your sheep and your goats will be given to your enemies. How'd you like that? You drive past your enemy's house and there's all your sheep and your goats right there in their front yard. What happened? They were stolen, and you'll never get them back because you are cursed for disobeying the law. And, you know, some of these sound kind of silly. Uh, One of them is that uh, you will go crazy because of all the tragedy you see around you. And then those are kind of silly sounding. But if you read those 98 curses, I, I was reading them yesterday. I was like, oh, my gosh, they're really, really, really bad. I'm not even going to go into how bad the curses are. But you can read them if you want to. The end of Deuteronomy 28, they're sickening bad. That's all I'll say about how bad the curses are. But here's the thing. Galatians 3.13. Look over there real quick. Galatians 3.13. Because under the old covenant, there was blessing for obeying. And then there were straight up curses for disobeying. And so a lot of times people will even nowadays say things like, hey, better do that or God's going to get you. God's going to send this upon your life. Now, I'll admit, if you don't obey the word of God, Bad things can happen to your life, but it's not because God himself is making those things happen. You have opened the door and permitted the enemy to come in and kill, steal, and destroy, right? Everyone here knows John 10.10. It says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. Now, it could be a whole broader topic that, There is a wrath of God still that that you can eventually get there, but it's not this way anymore where the second you disobey, oh boy, I got the itch. Oh, here it goes. All right. So why is that? Well, Galatians 3.13, it says, but Christ has rescued us or redeemed us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrong 
doing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. And so you look at pictures of Jesus on the cross, like, how could it be that bad? When Jesus died on the cross, he took the sins of all mankind into one human body. And he took all the curses into his body all at once. That must have been the absolute most horrific moment ever. Everything that you deserved, every beating, every sickness, every disease, everything, it all at once came into the body of Jesus on Passover right there on Golgotha. Right there where Abraham offered up his son Isaac as a sacrifice the same place the son was offered up as a sacrifice. And what happened? Jesus came and right there, what did he do? He rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. Thank you. If you read the curse, you'd be saying amen right now. If you saw how awful the curse is, you'd say, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. You, I don't have to go through with that. And it'll make you love Jesus even more. Because no longer if I make one misstep, oh no, I've brought the curse on my life. I've got a chance to repent. I've got a chance to confess my sin. Jesus rescued me from the curse. But here's the deal. He didn't erase. Nowhere in the New Testament does it say that he got rid of the blessings of the Old Covenant. And so when I read the blessings, I'm like, wow, this this sounds good. This sounds like my life. Why is that? Because Jesus not only didn't he he didn't get rid of all those blessings, but Hebrews 8, 6, which I already showed you, said he improved upon the blessings. He gave us a better covenant with better promises. He redeemed me and got rid of the curse. But with the blessings, he didn't get rid of them. He only made them even better. So let's look at the blessings. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28. All right. Who's ready to get blessed this morning? Come on. I love to read about this. And, and I love what Jesus did for me. I love what he rescued me from. So Deuteronomy 28. And uh, I'm going to read this in the Message Bible. I, I don't I don't recommend the, the, the best. The Message Bible is a paraphrase. It's not a word for word literal translation. But I like the way it words some things. So I like to read it sometimes. It, I, it's not for your deep theological seminary level study, but I like the way it words some things. It's a paraphrase. It captures the general thought of what's being said. And so Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 through 14, it lists the blessings for obeying the law. And as I read these, we can say, well, that sounds really good, but that was for them. Well, that sounds really good. It was for them if they obeyed. And then it's for us, but times 10, because we've got a better covenant with better promises. My covenant's not based on how good I am and the blood of an animal. My covenant's based on how good Jesus is and on his sinless, spotless blood. Are we learning today? All right. Trying to educate you. Deuteronomy 28, starting at verse 1. I'm going to read this. It says, If you listen obediently to the voice of God your God, the Lord your God, and heartily obey all His commandments that I command you today, God your God will place you on high, high above all the nations of the world. All these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you've responded to the voice of God, your God. Is there anybody here today that you've responded to the voice of God? Not a trick question, but I'm telling you right now, I've responded to the voice of God. Jesus is the good shepherd and he says his sheep, they know his voice. When Jesus talks I know what that sounds like. Well, that sounds arrogant. No, it sounds like I'm a dumb sheep. Even sheep know the voice of their shepherd. And so when Jesus talks, I know it. And I listen. And you and I, we've responded to the voice of God. He called our name and we came running. And so look at this. Follow along. It says, God's blessing inside the city. 
God's blessing in the country. Well, I don't know where to live, in, in town or out of town. It doesn't matter because God's blessing's on you wherever you go if you're under a covenant with God. God's blessing on your children. The parents said amen. Grandma, do you want your grandkids blessed? Yeah, you do. Come on. God's blessing on your children. The crops of your land. The young of your livestock. Who wants your goats to have healthy? Yeah, come on. Yeah, all right. All you goat owners out there, there's your chance. We don't give you guys much attention, but here's your time, all right? And so, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, God's blessing on your basket and on your bread bowl. What's that talking about? Your kitchen will be blessed. And listen, I've got a lot of kids. Most families in this church, we are a very productive church. We have lots of children around here. You think, well, man, there's there's not a... There's, there's a lot of people here. You have no idea that there's like twice as many people here as you see right now. There's tons of kids next door, right? There's, we got tons of kids. And because of that, we know that, hey, I want God's blessing on my kitchen, on my cupboard. I need all the food. I need hot pockets. I need Cheetos. I need Doritos. I need God to bless the kitchen. And if I'm in covenant, He's gonna bless the kitchen, my basket and my bread bowl, God's blessing in your coming in. God's blessing in your going out. God will defeat your enemies who attack you. Man, I just feel like I'm under attack this week. Stand back. Stand by. God's getting ready to work on your behalf. They'll come at you on one road and run away on seven roads. God will order a blessing on your barns and on your workplaces. Some of you need to know that. Quit complaining about your job. Quit complaining about it and say, you know what? God promised to bless me at my workplace. Whatever I set my hand to. If you don't like your job, hold up the covenant and say, wait a minute. I've got a contract. I've got a covenant. My job is supposed to be blessed. And God will bless you right where you're at. He may lead you to a better job, and that's fine. But you don't have to live in misery on the job you're at right now unless you choose to. If you're not, if the covenant's not in effect in your life, a lot of time, every time, it's not because Jesus isn't holding up his end. It's because I'm just flat out choosing not to stand on the covenant. You need to like what you do. Nobody needs to be miserable at their job. I've had that, and I don't like it. I like to like what I do. Anybody else with me? All right. And so he'll bless your barns and your workplaces. He'll bless you in the land that God, your God, is giving you. Don't complain about Barstow. Shut up. God gave me this land. I live here. I'm raising my kids here. And if you got something bad to say, shut up and get out. Because God blesses the land that I live in. And you can't curse it. God will Form you as a people holy to Him, just as He promised you. If you keep the commandments of God, your God, and live the way He has shown you, all the peoples on earth will see you living under the name of God and hold you in respectful awe. The people will see the commandments of God and and the promises of God upon your life. And they'll be like, what? What happened with you? got a covenant with God. And I'm going to say something that's not a knockout or a dig at anybody, okay? So please understand what I'm getting ready to say. I was talking to someone the other day and mentioned, hey, we kept our church open throughout the pandemic and, and you know, we just felt like that was what we were supposed to do. And they're like, and, and you, Pastor Dave, you never got sick? You never got COVID? I'm like, no, I never got COVID. No. I'm not putting down anybody that did. A lot of people did. But what I'm saying is, no, you shouldn't be shocked that I was able to go to church and never get COVID. Right? Come on. If there was any safe place during a pandemic, it's in the house of God. And so, yeah, don't be shocked. Just stand back and be in awe, not because I've got something good, because I don't, I, I don't got nothing good. I've just got a covenant with God. And so, yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. God will lavish you with good things. I'll never expect nothing from God. I just expect Him to, you know, just a little bit to get us by. That's stupid. 
God wants to lavish you with good things. And I've got to say it again because people will twist my words. Does that mean that I believe everybody and every preacher should be a billionaire and have a yacht and a private jet? That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that God's children shouldn't have to be poor while the devil's children have all the money. Right? Why do we have to be poor? Why, why does the devil's kids have to have the good stuff and we've got to just scrape by and, and beg for crumbs from the devil's kids? That's a lie from hell and it shouldn't be that way. God wants us to have good things too. So it says God will lavish you with good things. Children from your womb. Amen. I believe we're fully operating in that part of the covenant of High Desert Word Center. Offspring from your animals. We just got rabbits this week. I don't want them to have offspring. And crops from your land. The land that God promised your ancestors that he would give you. God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults and pour rain on your land and on schedule and bless the work you take in hand. You will land to many nations, but you yourself won't have to take out a loan. Amen. Why should the child of God have to go to the child of the devil and say, can you help me out, man? I really need something. Can you, can please, can you, can you give me something? Gladly, I'll give it to you for 30% interest. I'll, out of the kindness of my heart, I'll give it to you. The world will loan it to you. God will give it to you. Amen? So I go to God the Father, and it may not, it may be different, but this church could have gone to the world and said, can you guys lend us $60,000 so we don't melt in July inside of our building? God said, oh, just ask. I'll give it to you, and you won't have to pay it back. It's a gift. No interest. It's yours. I like God's way a lot better than the world's way. Amen? God will make you the head and not the tail. You'll always be the top dog, never the underdog. As you obediently listen and diligently keep the commands of God, your God, that I'm giving you today, don't swerve an inch to the right or left from the words that I command you today by going off, following, and worshiping other gods. And so everything that I just read, that's the blessing under the law of Moses for obeying God and keeping his commands. And that all sounds awesome right there. But the good news is because of Jesus, Hebrews 8, 6, I've got even better covenant with even better promises. So as good as all that sounds, I say it applies to me times 10 because of what Jesus did. And I'm going to follow that. I'm not going to swerve an inch to the left or to the right. I'm sticking with Jesus because he stuck with me. Can I get an amen today? He never left me. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Matthew 28, he said, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. And I'm like, Jesus, it looks like the end of the world right now. And guess what? That means you're still with me. And so everything that we've seen today We took a very brief, brief skim look at the law of Moses, the old covenant. And I'm telling you, we've got an even better covenant with better promises. All of that is there for us to learn from. The moral framework and structure is there for us to live by. But thank God I am not under that law and that covenant. I'm under the grace of Jesus Christ. And he shed his blood so I don't have to anymore. And neither does no animal. Jesus did it for me. Who's thankful for the better covenant and the better promise? Let's give God some praise this morning. Can we stand up together? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.